Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Qatar for the Game Day World Cup podcast with me, Alex Crook, alongside the former England striker Dean Ashton and TalkSports Kwaku Afari. Every day when you wake up, we'll have a special bite-sized delivery from the World Cup, bringing you a roundup of all the day's action and discussing all of the upcoming games. Today's top stories, Japan pull off the greatest result in their history by coming from behind to beat Germany. Spain hits seven past Costa Rica. Cristiano Ronaldo makes his first appearance of the tournament and his first as a free agent. Plus, we get a first glimpse of favourites Brazil. All that on the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. Croatia finalists in 2018. Well, they're going to have to up the ante if they're going to make it that far this time. For Morocco, this was a performance that will give them great heart. But it's a point of peace, and they're both alive and kicking in a tough group. Might be a valuable point. We think it's uh, taken and just chipped over the top of the back line. Schwarzenegger is struggling here. Oh, what a goal from Asano! And Japan have turned it around. One ball over the top. Schlotterbeck had switched off. Asano raced onto it. The angle was tight. He's fired it into the roof of the net. Morata given the room to turn. Back towards down the old one. Morata makes it seven with a low shot. And Spain really cut loose here. And Costa Rica simply can't live with them. And that was a picture book goal from Spain. A long ball forward into the area. Batshuayi! Excellent finish, left foot volley into the corner. Well, we wondered without Lukaku where the goals would come from. There is your answer, Mishi Batshuayi. Japan 2, Germany 1, another seismic shock of this 2022 World Cup. Just like Saudi Arabia against Argentina, Japan came from behind to pick up all three points Dean Ashton, how did they do it? With in incredible effort, with work rate, the real basics that you know the top teams don't like. I thought second half, the the manager as well, the substitutions he made to bring on the likes of uh, Minamino and, and Mitoma and the likes, um, they just swarmed and overwhelmed Germany. Who, let's be honest, they looked all over the place at the back. You know, it just seemed like every time Japan seemed to counterattack against them. They looked like they were going to get in and and it felt like only a matter of time before they did get that that second goal. Um, and it is it's another big, big shock because I think some people had Germany as maybe 
outside favourites for the tournament. Well, that's that's all but gone. They're going to be struggling to qualify now. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I did tell you so on this podcast <laughs> on the morning of the game. I fancy Japan uh, could pull off a surprise. But Dean is right, Kwaku, because if you look at the way that the, the matches are panning out in that group, it's Germany against Spain next. We'll talk about Spain and their magnificent seven in a moment. If Germany lose and Japan pick up a point against Costa Rica, Germany are out of the World Cup before we even get to the final round of fixtures. Yeah, the way the fixtures have panned out, it's not necessarily in, in Germany's favour. Um, we expect, again, we're going to get onto the Costa Rica-Spain game, we expect Costa Rica to be the whipping boys of this group. So you wouldn't be surprised to see Japan go out and beat them. And that would put Germany in a very, very precarious position. Like Dean touched on, it was it was Japan's surprising strength and depth. Like when you look at the starting lineup and you see Tom Yasu and Minamino on the bench, it did surprise you. But the fact that you were able to bring them off the bench in the second half to really affect the game, I think caught Germany by surprise. And like Dean said, Germany looked like a mess um, at the back. They were one of my favourites for this tournament. I thought they were going to make it to to at least a semi-final stage. But the way that things are panning out, we could see an early exit for the Germans yet again. Yeah, Ilkay Gundogan spoke to TalkSport after the game. He put them ahead from the penalty spot. He felt that Germany weren't that bad, uh, despite the fact they lost the game. A uh, quick mention of what happened before the match. Germany covering their mouths with their hands. They lined up for the team photo. We later found out there would be no punishment from FIFA. Does that put a bit of pressure on, on Gareth Southgate and the FA to make their own protest? Um, I think I think it possibly does. But at the same time, you know, Manuel Neuer and Germany didn't go ahead with with wearing the armband. That was the that was what was originally discussed between these nations, and and they haven't gone through with that. So ultimately, yes, it is a show of unity in what they did with. Uh, before the game and the photo, but you know it, it did kind of lose a bit of its gravitas because ultimately they they bowed down to uh, they bowed down to FIFA. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Gareth Southgate has to say when he faces the media at England's match day minus one press conference uh, later today here in Qatar. Let's move on to Spain seven, Costa Rica nil. Uh, I guess the big question here, Quaku, uh, was Spain really that good? Or were Costa Rica shocking, or was it somewhere in the middle? Uh, the truth some, lies somewhere in between. Costa Rica did not show up. Um, and they're, they're a nation with World Cup pedigree. Obviously, as England fans, we remember them from 2014, where they were in the group of death of us, Uruguay, Italy, um, and they managed to qualify and get all the way to the quarterfinals. This is not the same Costa Rica team, despite the fact they've got similar players. Oscar Duarte still playing at the back for them. Um, Navas is still in goal for them. And you can see it's as a Costa Rica side that despite... Um, the manager, Luis Suarez, coming in and trying to, to rejuvenate it by bringing in young players. They're just not at the level. Um, Spain did play well. You've got to give credit to them. Anytime you score that many goals in the World Cup game, you have to credit the side to do that. Um, and Spain has seemed to strike, strike that balance of, of bringing in those youthful players that can bring that kind of exuberance and also those experienced older heads that can guide them in the right direction. So it's a great result for Spain, especially considering the other result in the group. And it puts them in pole position to qualify top of that group. Uh, Gavia, 18 years of age, becoming Spain's youngest ever World Cup goalscorer. I don't think you needed to be a genius, Dean, to work out before the tournament that he could be a breakout star. How exciting, though, is that Spanish midfield? Is there a better midfield in the competition? 
Um, I mean, not on that performance, there isn't. I'm sure things will change with the other nations. But you're right, how exciting it must be for the uh, for the Spain fans to see. I think that evolution of that midfield, it's been a long time since we saw um, Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets in that midfield. And, and all of a sudden, it's starting to look a little bit like it, it used to. And I think that should be a warning to, to the rest of the tournament with these young players, because... I think we've said about Spain, they've been an ageing team for a while, kept hold of those stars that have been so successful for them for such a long time. But now it feels like there's a new breed coming through in that in that squad and and it feels like there could be a, a, a real threat in the tournament. Albeit, I'm, I still look at Busquets. Rodri played at centre-back alongside Laporte. I just think against the, the real top sides that they're going to face uh, in this tournament, when you've got that pace... Um, at the top end of the pitch that other teams have. Is that, is that going to be an issue? We, we'll see, but I think we should just admire what we saw from the likes of Gavi and Pedri and the likes in that, in that game. That it, was just, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, I guess we'll find out how good Spain are when they come up against Germany. As we mentioned already, defeat for Germany uh, could be a big, big problem for Hansi Flick's side. Uh, Dean, we watched Belgium 1, Canada 0. Canada really, really good in the first half. Belgium and their ageing back line uh, struggled to cope with the dynamism from John Herbman's men. Second half, uh, having taken the lead, courtesy of Michy Batshuayi's volleyed finish, almost right on the half-time whistle. Belgium managed the game better. The big moment, though, Alfonso Davies with that penalty, the opportunity to become Canada's first ever World Cup goalscorer. And he fluffed it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He looked nervous taking it. He had a long time to wait. I've been there when you're waiting for the whistle and you start to think, and that's a bad thing when it comes to penalties. You want to just have your mind set and you know what you're doing. Courtois looked absolutely huge in the goal and was trying to goad him and point him in, in a certain direction and then went the other way. And it's a massive moment that he'll live, he'll live um, in his memory in a bad way for a long, long time. But... Me and you were having a bit of a um, a bit of fun in terms of I, I fancy Belgium to go quite deep in this. So Kwaku, you can you can be the deciding factor. Crookie's not having it. I think Belgium could be sneaky in this uh, in this tournament and, and go quite far. Even though when I think about it now, Belgium actually weren't very good yesterday. <laughs> I'm not. That's an <laughs> understatement. <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not having it with Belgium. You look at the side, and obviously it's the remnants of the golden generation. We know Lukaku's injured, so he didn't start. But you look at that team of Tillemans, of course, we know how good he is. But next to Witzel, Carrasco, Castagna, I just not. They don't move me, Belgium. Um, obviously, we know about the exploits of Kevin De Bruyne, um, and Eden Hazard has been a shadow for himself for the last like three or four years. So, despite the fact that they've got the win yesterday, I didn't see anything that would really threaten the big boys when it comes to the latter stages of the competition. Belgium are like Eden Hazard is a shadow of their former selves and I just can't see how they can put together performances that are really going to trouble the likes of France or even England uh, in the last stage of competition so Dean I think you're wrong on this one <laughs> 6.35am back in the UK and Kwaku Afari is talking sense at this unearthly hour um, I don't think that the people who handed out the Man of the Match award uh, know any more about football than Dean Ashton, to be honest, because they gave it to Kevin De Bruyne, who, who we thought was well off the pace. And actually, uh, when he spoke to the media afterwards, he looked slightly embarrassed to pick up the award and admitted that he played terribly. No, I don't think I played a great game. You know, I don't know why I get the trophy, you know. It's maybe because of the name. 
Uh, I just don't think we played well enough as a team, especially in the first half. You know, I don't think we found any solutions and we started really bad. And then I think uh, the momentum was with Canada and we didn't find a way to break to the to that press. I think there was more space than we think in, in the game. And I think in the second half, when we started to, to get through that pressing from the midfield, there was actually uh, more space. But I don't think we, we played a... Uh, a good game today, me, me inclusive, and you know, uh, and a good thing uh, we found a way to win, and that was it. He's not going to be like that in every game, you know. That's that is a, a one-off, you know. That's that's not what we're used to seeing, and they've got the. I, I mean, you again, you were taking the. You, I was going on about Courtois. You you've got to do something very special to beat him. I think he could be the player for them that gets them further than they probably should do. Looking at at the performance and the players. And I'll be so delighted when both of you admit that you were wrong and Belgium are in the semi-final. <laughs> we will hold you to that. We will hold you to that. Uh, interestingly, our producer Jeremy is a Leeds fan. I think he's made it his mission to try and get a mention for Leeds on every podcast this World Cup because he's, he's written a talking point here. Uh, Canada manager John Herbman is an interesting fella. Is he the Durham version of Jesse Marsh. Uh, I'm not quite sure that I see the comparison, so we'll skirt over that one. Uh, Morocco nil, Croatia nil was the first game of the day on Talk Sport, and by no means the best. I, I guess Kwaku, Morocco will be far happier with a point than Croatia. Yeah, Morocco won my dark horses for this uh, for this competition. They are they're in decent position in this group. It's going to be very, very competitive for who comes second behind Belgium. Uh, but yeah, they'll be happy with the point. Croatia, obviously, a World Cup finalist four years ago. But they just lack that cutting edge up front. Obviously, Kramaric started um, in almost like a false nine position for them. We know how great that midfield is of Kovacic, Brozovic and Modric. But they just don't seem to have that focal point who can put the ball in the back of the net for them. So, yeah, at the end of the game, Morocco would definitely be happy with the point. And Croatia now will probably be looking over their shoulder in terms of qualifying out this group. Yeah, they play Canada next, which I think um, probably favours Croatia in terms of qualification. I think we can say with... Um, a fair degree of certainty that's going to be difficult now for Canada to qualify. They're just waiting for that that big moment, their first goal, their first point at this World Cup. Uh, that was the story of Wednesday. Four more games to come on the TalkSport Network on a thrilling Thursday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. What a goal from Jordan Shagiri. Fantastic right-footed curling effort. He's tripping Moting. Brilliant goal from 20 yards out, right-footed into the top corner. Oh, he is the man, Luis Suarez. With his second goal of the tournament, it's going to bounce in the six-yard area. It's going to be put in by Song Hyun-min. And Ronaldo scores with his first touch of the game. A diving header that makes history. Down the right-hand side, cross it into Ayu! Back post, header, and Andre Ayu has his back level. Across the face of goal and in from Neymar. From a yard out, Brazil have the lead. And it's that man, Neymar. It's a searching cross. Mitrovic with a header. He scored! Alexander Mitrovic! Oh, now I know why Faker Afari put himself forward for this podcast. Portugal against Ghana live on TalkSport from four o'clock. The world awaits for Cristiano Ronaldo to make his first appearance as a free agent. I think he's the only free agent at this tournament. I'm not sure we'd have expected that a few weeks ago. Uh, we'll talk about Portugal in a moment, but first of all, Kwaku, here's your time. Tell us why Ghana can cause an upset. Who should we, we be looking out for? Um, I'm going to try and be honest, and hopefully my nose doesn't grow and knock off, knock off my microphone, because I'm going to make a case for Ghana beating Portugal. Um, Mohamed Kudu, he's the man on everybody's lips. He's a centre midfielder that can also play as a number 10. He can play out wide. Um, he plays uh, club football for Ajax. And he scored in the Champions League. He's got a really, really good goal-scoring record this season. Scored four goals in six Champions League games. Has been one of Ajax's best players this season. And he's one of these players that maybe could have a breakout tournament and could be looking or could catch the eye of bigger clubs elsewhere in Europe. He's 22 years old. He can do it all. He's a utility player. And that kind of axis of him and Thomas Partey is going to be very, very vital for Ghana if they are going to have any success against a Portugal team who could go under the radar. They are they are littered with talents. Obviously, all the conversation is dominated by Cristiano Ronaldo. But people have picked other teams as favourites for this tournament. And Portugal, which is difficult to say if you've got Cristiano Ronaldo up top for, the, for you, have gone under the radar slightly. So it's going to be a tough out for Ghana. But I think if, we, if we, everything goes our way, we could get something out of this game. Yeah, he's a confident guy, isn't he, uh, Mohamed uh, Kudos? And Neymar is not a better footballer than me. He is just higher profile, he has said, coming into this tournament. When you make that kind of statement, you really have to back it up on the pitch. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't attend the match day minus one press conference, as most captains have uh, at this tournament. Bruno Fernandes, his former Manchester United teammate, took his place. And it was interesting, the reaction from Coach Santos after half a dozen questions uh, to Bruno about Ronaldo just slumped back in his chair as if to say, what is this all about? Fernandez did say uh, that Ronaldo hasn't been distracted uh, by his departure and the high-profile nature of it, Dean, from Manchester United. I'm not convinced by that. I think he's going to be doubly determined to make an impact now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I think Kwaku's got a point. I think there's another nation, a bit like Belgium, who have got unbelievable experience that on their on their day, I think, can compete with, with absolutely anyone. They've got them 
the world stars in their in their side. I think this is a tough game, though. I think Greg is right. I think Ghana are a very, very good outfit. That midfield area is extremely strong and I think can overcome what I would class as probably the, the weaker side of, of Portugal's team, that midfield. I know it's Neves uh, and, and it could be other players in that midfield area that, that could be overrun by Ghana. But it's Cristiano Ronaldo and there's just something about the guy that when it comes to these sorts of, of, of moments, you, you know, it, it's, it's the same with Messi. They, they can produce the moments that are the difference in these, in these big competitions. And it would just be so typical of him to have a big say today to kind of turn around to any, any haters um, that are saying he's finished and he's a, he's a complete nuisance to the Portugal, to the Portugal squad and go out and, and do something special at the world cup. So I think this will be really tight, actually, this game. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a draw. Wow. Bold call there from uh, from Dean Ashton on, what, day five now of the World Cup, I think. Uh, it's also Dean's birthday. And uh, where else would you rather be spending your 49th birthday, Dean, than watching Brazil <laughs> against Serbia? You're part of the commentary team for the seven o'clock kickoff uh, on Talk Sport. How excited are you about that? Look, it's, it's without a shadow of a doubt a bucket list moment for me to be able to cover uh, Brazil in the World Cup for Talk Sport. Um, you know, growing up, I think everyone's admired the, the, the jersey of Brazil um, and it's going to be a great occasion. I think everyone's going to have their eyes on, on Brazil in terms of where they're at because no one has really, against tough opposition, which Serbia will be, they're a physical side, they've got good players, They'll get about Brazil and make it difficult. They'll get crosses in on top of the defence. Um, but if Brazil come through this looking strong, I think it sends a real message to the rest of the tournament because they are heavy favourites at the moment. Yeah, and they'll see this as an opportunity given that Argentina have lost already to really underline their status as favourites. Uh, Mitrovic looks like he will be fit for Serbia. There was a quote from his coach saying he'll play on one leg if he has to. Uh, what chances Kwaku of Serbia following in the footsteps of uh, the Saudis and Japan and springing a surprise? It's going to be difficult. Um, the old adage of the World Cup doesn't really start until the Brazilians are in town, um, I think will ring true. They are, this is the strongest Brazil uh, side we've seen in a while. And Serbia, despite the fact that they had a really strong qualifying stage, they, won, they were unbeaten in all eight of their World Cup qualifying games. They are heading into this World Cup with injury problems for like their star man, Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, Sasa Lukic is, is suffering from an injury issue. And Filip Kostic as well is struggling for fitness. So I think it's going to be very, very difficult uh, for Serbia and this one against Brazil who are, at this point, should be people's favourites for the tournament. They're strong all over the park. Probably where they could be exposed a little bit is in the full-back areas. But apart from that, I can't really see Serbia laying the glove on Brazil if Brazil do turn up. And if you're talking about players with points to prove, Neymar's got a huge point to prove. I don't think there's you can consider any Brazilian player great until they've won a World Cup. Um, and this is this is the task at hand for Neymar. And I think he's going to have the bit between his teeth and I think we're going to see him explode at this World Cup. Uruguay against South Korea, one o'clock kickoff UK time. Dean Saunders alongside me on commentary for this one. Looking forward uh, to seeing Uruguay. I think they've got a, a very balanced squad of uh, exciting young players uh, mixed in with that experience of the likes of Luis Suarez and Edinson Cavani as well. Do we see the Uruguayans, Dean, as a team that, that can progress and, and maybe even reach, what, the quarterfinals? Is that about their, their ballpark for this tournament? 
I'm not sure. Um, I think what you've just said there, they have got a good mix within the squad, but I think they're still reliant on those older players. And I just always think with Uruguay, can they keep that passion to a certain level? Can they keep that discipline within their side? Can they not make it just a slugfest where they're defending for most of the game? Because I think they're better than that as well. I think they've got players uh, in that squad now that are better than just sitting back, defending, making the game um, particularly ugly, which they have done in, in, in previous tournaments. I think if they can express themselves a bit more, play with a bit more freedom, on look to look to play through rather than uh, and counter-attacking where they haven't necessarily got that that pace at the top end of the pitch, then yes, I think they can be a, be a force in this tournament. But there's just something about the sort of passion and and discipline that always is a question mark for me with Uruguay. Uh, Tottenham Son Hyung Min expected to play wearing a protective face mask to uh, cover up his fractured eye socket. As I say, it's a one o'clock kickoff on Talk Sport. Uh, the last game we haven't mentioned, Switzerland against Cameroon. That's a 10am kickoff on Talk Sport 2. Uh, Quaker, you'd have seen a lot of Cameroon when covering the African Cup of Nations for us. What type of threat will they pose in what looks like an open group if you take Brazil out of the equation? Yeah, so Cameroon, they made it to the semi-finals of AFCON. It was a tournament, of course, that they hosted. Um, and they've got some recognisable names. Um, not not least uh, Zambo and Guisa, who I think could have a, a, another breakout tournament. He's been excellent for Napoli um, this season in midfield. Obviously, he didn't put his best foot forward doing that at Fulham, so English football fans might not have the best memories of him, but he's had a really, really good season. And Vincent Abubakar up top, who's made it... We talked about Mohamed Kudu calling out Neymar. Abubakar's made his personal mission to discredit the, uh, the career of Mo Salah, and he was a top scorer at, at AFCON. I expect him to get on the score sheet um, a, a, quite a few times during this World Cup. So I think those two players are the ones to look out for. And in a group, like you say, that is very, very open. Great stuff. A reminder, all four of those games are live across the TalkSport network, as are all 64 games of this World Cup 2022. Kwaku, uh, thanks for getting up so early to join us uh, from back home in the UK. Dean, thanks for coming off the bench uh, for the sleepy Sam Matterface on your birthday. Hopefully, he will set the alarm on time to join myself and Kevin Hatchard tomorrow. This has been the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 